Hi folks, just a little bit of housekeeping before we start the podcast. It is a brilliant time, obviously, coming into the start of a new month to try the Tortoise Shack, try the Patreon feed, because you can pay for the month, get the full access to all of our back catalogue, all of the podcasts in one place. Don't have to listen to me make these, please. And if you don't like it at the end of the end of the month and you don't think it's good value for money, just cancel it. It's 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 a five fifty risk, and that's all you're taking. Uh, I do think you'll you'll appreciate it how quickly we turn them around and you get them as quickly as we can, all in one place, one stop shop. And there are lots of exclusives as well included that, that don't go out in general release. So we'd really appreciate it. Just, you know, give it a go for the, for the beginning of the month and see what you think. It's patreon.com forward slash tortoise And I'll let you enjoy this podcast. Welcome to Reboot Republic, the podcast that goes behind the headlines and looks at the big issues in this republic of inequality. We are the podcast of solutions and the podcast of hope. And I'm your host, Rory Hearn, and I'm delighted to be joined on Reboot Republic today by Chloe Sermay Moran, who is the researcher coordinator um, on the project and report, the overview of housing exclusion of Euro- in Europe with um, FIANSA, which is the European Federation of National Organizations working with the homeless. Chloe, thanks so much for coming and joining us on Reboot Republic today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, and today, of course, is the launch of the seventh overview of housing exclusion in Europe, which is a report which um, I'm speaking at the launch today as well, um, and analyzing it, and which you sent on to me to have a look at beforehand. Um, maybe first, before we start, because we are going to talk about, you know, what is happening in terms of housing and homelessness across the EU. Um, people in Ireland, are, our listeners, are very familiar with the Irish housing and homelessness crisis, which we talk a lot about on this podcast. Um, so it's going to be interesting for them, I know, um, and hopefully some of our European listeners to get a sense of what is going on across the EU. Um, and particularly, I know we're going to talk at the issues of evictions, uh, the cost of living crisis. But maybe you could start by explaining, just introducing to listeners who is or what is Fianza? Sure. Um, well, Fianza, as you said, is a federation, a European federation. So basically, um, we have more than 100 members all over all over Europe and the European Union, um, mainly um, organizations um, working with homeless people, so um, shelters, emergency accommodation providers, um, but also day centers um, and national federations, etc. So we have a, a wide network in the European Union uh, working to fight homelessness and to end homelessness uh, ultimately. And Fianza's main goal uh, at the European level um, is to do advocacy and to, um, yeah, just um, relay the voice of uh, this sector at European level uh, and trying to put everybody around the table um, to find solutions and uh, uh, and to move forward all together. Um, to this goal that is now a, a European objective uh, to end homelessness, uh, street homelessness, and different forms of homelessness uh, all over Europe. Um, yeah, I think that's fair to say. Uh, Fianza is the only European organizations wo- organization working um, uh, at the European level uh, on that. Yeah, great. And organizations in Ireland like Focus Ireland and the Simon mm-hmm. Community, 
um, would be part of that yeah. um, fiance. So just in terms of that, even to start with, maybe that commitment, um, which reading the report is one of the very few positives in the report, which is, as you cite, the European Union, um, all member states commitment to end homelessness by 2030. Maybe you could set out by let's focus on the positive. What is the commitment that they've made all countries, including Ireland in the EU? Yeah, yeah. I think it's um, it's the first time that we tried to start the this report that we do every year for seven years now. Yeah. And we it's the first time that we had um, this first phrase saying we want to start by a positive <laughs> Yeah. message uh, and it's true to say that uh, it's the first uh, time in the European Union history that um, there is like a tr- yeah um, um, a common objective signed by all uh, 27 member states uh, to end homelessness by 2030. Um, so it's a formal commitment uh, um, and what it means concretely, it created also uh, something called the uh, European Platform to Combat Homelessness. Um, and the, the objectives, uh, the objective as such um, means um, that by 2030, no one should slip off due to a lack of accessible, safe and appropriate uh, accommodation. Uh, it also means uh, that no one should live in emergency or temporary housing longer than in, than necessary for a successful transition to a permanent housing solution. Um, it means also, and this is what we tried to have a focus on in the report this year, it means that uh, evictions should be avoided as far as possible and no one should be evicted without uh, help finding a suitable housing solution. Um, and no one should be discriminated against because they are homeless. So these are, these are the different points um, uh, that are behind this objective, what it means concretely. And to for the next step, uh, like the concrete work program is now discussed uh, between the different uh, uh, member states and in this European platform to combat homelessness. Um, and mainly, I mean, uh, the European Union main um, um, way of working there would be facilitating dialogue and exchanges uh, and promotion of good practices, also finding ways to use uh, European funds in uh, the best ways possible um, and to in- invest in uh, in uh, structural change uh, in homeless policies and housing policies. Um, And yeah, and also it will uh, be very useful in the front of data collection to better understand homelessness because we witnessed for the past years um, as the European Federation working on on homelessness, uh, we miss and we lack uh, a lot of data uh, like comparable and um, regular data that could help us understand better also what is happening concretely uh, with different forms of housing exclusion and homelessness. Uh, so these are the main concrete points that will be in this uh, uh, new European uh, process. Yeah, yeah. No, it is a very significant commitment. Um, for many, 2030 would almost seem too far away that it should be, you know, the, the it should be a commitment to end homelessness much sooner. 
Um, but it is a commitment and it is, of course, about how that is turned into a reality. Um, just to get it, we could talk a little bit about that um, later. Um, just in terms of then the main findings of what is the state of homelessness and housing exclusion um, across the EU? Kind of what were the main findings in your report? Maybe you could set them out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it started. It started to be a bit like we. we since we did this report, uh, we have been doing this report for the past seven years. Um, the first thing that is important to say, I think, is what we also found in the previous uh, editions, um, and it's the fact that in the past decades, uh, homelessness has been on the increase. Uh, even if we don't have the comparable data, we have different hints and different. Um, local um, um, data that we can use to say that uh, uh, street homelessness have been on the increase uh, yeah. in the past ten years, um, and for like we did some estimates uh, uh, as Fianza, uh, and we estimated that this increase was about an increase of seventy percent uh, of street homelessness, so people sleeping rough or in emergency accommodation. Uh, in the past 10 years in the European Union. So th this 70 is the context. 70%. 70%. Because we did a first estimate in uh, 2009 and we did the, the, the same, same exercise uh, two years ago and we saw an increase of 70%, uh, um, uh, yeah. which is which is huge, really. And, it and, it's, yeah. and it's, it's really uh, in this context that all uh, our messages have to be uh, heard. And now we, with this report for this year, we tried to understand um, also the consequences of uh, the pandemic and the protection measures that have been uh, taken during the pandemic. Yeah. And on that side, we tried to understand um, how those measures impacted evictions and also evictions as a, a cause and a route to homelessness. Yeah. Um, so this is uh, quite interesting because our main finding. Uh, basically, um, we saw uh, different uh, moratoriums on evictions mm. in different countries, um, which were completely necessary, yeah. but completely temporary too. Um, they ended progressively in different countries. Um, and we saw um, small slowdowns and, and, and drops in evictions and legal proceedings in different countries. But for the past year, we also saw new rises in in in, in different uh, forced evictions uh, processes in different European member states. And our message here is basically to say that if we don't um, use all the very interesting um, new policies coming up uh, on housing first, on housing led solutions, etc., and working really on prevention, and here the topic of evictions is is really important to put forward um we we have definitely to change the way we uh we work um as housing policymakers or homelessness policymakers if we want to avoid a new surge in evictions in the midterm and a new surge in homelessness in the midterm too yeah um, so this is mainly yeah basically the, the the main message of the report uh this year um which of course is is very much, you know, and you, you cite Ireland in the report as, yeah. as an example. And of course, yeah. Ireland is a very, unfortunately, um, good in the sense of revealing example of exactly. the measures that were put in place during the pandemic, which absolutely saw 
uh, a significant, particularly family homelessness, mm-hmm. um, a drop in family homelessness of over 20%. But when the measures were um, lifted in April 2021, since that, we've seen a rise. And in the report, you say the danger of getting back to pre-pandemic levels. We now, in figures for May, showed that we reached pre-pandemic levels now of homelessness, back over 10,000 um, um, individuals in homeless emergency accommodation um, and over 3,000 children again with families in emergency accommodation. And it is just so disappointing. And it's interesting that this is not just in Ireland. This is happening across EU countries where those pandemic measures have been reversed and homelessness has risen again. Exactly. And the reason why we have um, we had the possibility to show the Irish example is because you have data, uh, quite regular data on people in emerge, like in emergency temporary accommodation. Um, and, and this is so important because we could see this change. But in a lot of European countries, I take, for instance, France, the last, uh, like national survey on homelessness is back uh, is from uh, 2012, uh, yes. which means 10 years ago. And we have some uh, surveys in the municipalities every year, but, but we don't have this um, national um, um, snapshot where we can just say, well, um, yeah, just trying to analyze the situation. Mm. So it's very it's, important it- here. Yeah. yeah, it does. That question of data and question of ha- mm. measuring homelessness is is an important one, of course, for yeah. Fianza, which developed the ethos understanding of, of framework of understanding homelessness. Um, and in Ireland, there has been some criticism of the statistics and for not including mm. some households who yeah. were still homeless. And it only measures families and individuals who are in emergency accommodation. It doesn't mm-hmm include rough sleepers and it doesn't include people in hidden homelessness Absolutely. but you're right it, it at least it is a a you know a monthly measurement mm-hmm. count of of those who are there and in that basis it is accurate for that and very useful mm-hmm. yeah completely and um, the other thing that i was struck yeah. by reading the report sorry if you want it was the cost of living and the way that's yes. now impacting and the issue of rent arrears and mortgage arrears yeah, yeah, completely, and that's that's the the also the second focus that we really tried to understand this year, um, because we face um, and this is where we have also data where we can um, uh, have a, a true analysis because um, Eurostat data um, uh, are quite quite telling on the rise in housing costs and and costs of living. Yeah, uh, and uh, even if uh, the data that we use in the report uh, is the latest Eurostat data available, so it's back to 2020, but it's still the first year of the pandemic, and we could uh, witness for this first year of pandemic uh, a rise of 20 percent of uh, people uh, in rent or mortgage arrears. Um, which is really basically reflecting um, this uh, crisis and and this uh, temporary respite during the pandemic where some countries put some um, freeze on uh, rent payments, etc. But but it's still temporary. So at the end, uh, if no policies and and, and adequate uh, policies are put in place, uh, the people will be still in difficulty and we have to find solutions for them because it's mainly vulnerable people who are um, um, yeah, uh, more confronted to uh, housing, uh, rising housing prices. 
there are more and more, uh, there, there is less and less social housing and public housing. People are more and more actually, um, uh, obliged to go on the private market, which is more and more uh, um, expensive. So um, it is quite it's, it is quite a simple uh, equation uh, to have this uh, dramatic situation now. Yeah, and and the other thing in the report again that struck is what you talk about there that shift in policy, the way housing policy mm-hmm. over the last well in Ireland it's been going on for almost twenty years, the shift away from the public building of social housing, the actual building of public housing, and the shift to the market, and particularly since austerity, you know, when you talk, you have figures there for the cuts in social housing building in Ireland, it was over 50% during the austerity years up until 2017. And in many ways, it's almost a lost decade um, of housing construction. And so we have the housing shortage and you have the added issue of COVID, but you make the point that um, COVID simply exacerbated underlying structural problems that were about policy. Wasn't that the case? Because some people in some governments are saying, oh, you know, COVID has created this new housing crisis. It wasn't COVID that created it. It simply, as I said, exacerbated. And you make this point, that shift in policy, isn't it? Absolutely. Again, yeah, sorry, go on. Yeah. No, no, it's just a a quick, because it's very interesting, this this new way of seeing housing for some policymakers, because housing was the first... um, um, barrier for COVID. So all of a sudden, uh, some people understood that when you don't have housing or when you have uh, uh, housing that is not suitable or uh, mm. uh, you basically are in danger. And a lot of policymakers understood that. And it's quite interesting how the subject, at least at European level, uh, went up on the political agenda. And for us, it was really interesting to see because we had easier um, discussions to make the point of housing as a fundamental right, etc. Yeah. Uh, but of course, like policy change uh, is still, and, and as you say, I think it's really important to just underline, underline that uh, the housing crisis has been going on for so long now. Uh, it's not a crisis anymore. It's a system. It's how the system works, basically. Yeah. So, um, so well, yeah, um, I think a lot. We also try in the report to have those interesting uh, changes, uh, systemic changes in some countries. Uh, there are very interesting national strategies uh, in Denmark, in Italy. Uh, there is the recovery uh, and resilience plan that is um, uh, budgeting and having very interesting. Uh, um, strategies on housing first, scaling up housing first solutions, etc. So lots of, of things are also um, put in place uh, in 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 different countries. Um, but yeah, it's a long um, a, a long fight, of course. Yeah, and and it is important again in the report, and you know, always in this that there are countries, and even Ireland here, where you know there is some good work being done. Mm-hmm. Um, like you know, there's there is a huge amount of prevention being done of homelessness, Absolutely. um, by you know homeless organisations, but also by local municipalities, um, you know, and governments funding that, and, and at some level, governments returning to funding. Um, the building of of social housing again, but as mm-hmm. you say, it's it's going to take time, and it's going to again the point you know you're making, and we would make here similarly is that yes, it's good to see the policy change, but it's insufficient, it's inadequate to address 
Um, and particularly when you're not stopping, as the point you make, that you're not stopping the cause, a significant cause of homelessness, which is this issue of evictions. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, this is, this is, for instance, um, a quite interesting example, if I can... Uh, uh, I think it's impo- interesting for people listening to the podcast to have some comparison with yeah, absolutely countries. And for instance, in France, you had for the past years very interesting strategies on paper on uh, shifting to housing first plans uh, yeah. with a lot of uh, uh, different stakeholders around the table, lots of goodwill from local um, authorities, organizations on the ground, uh, etc. But on on another on, on the other hand, you had the national government cutting um, housing benefits. Um, cutting some funding for social housing providers, uh, and you have this complete double um, um, discourse and, and or, action standards that yeah. that can't work. I mean, we can't. Uh, that's also one of our recommendations in the report. We can't uh, uh, renew the past mistakes of two thousand and eight and just say to people, well. We'll go again into austerity policies and cut benefits for the vulnerable uh, uh, groups, uh, and say that we are going to solve the housing and homelessness uh, crisis. It's 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 completely complete nonsense. So, um, yeah, we also try to 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 encourage yeah, to encourage yeah. Um, and, yeah. and, and um, the other the other point you make as well which is something very close to my heart and uh research and and advocacy that I've been doing and my listeners would be very familiar with it is the whole issue of financialization and yeah. the the shift to this turning of housing into a commodity and you talk about this as well this again isn't you know Ireland has been at an extreme end of this in terms of the last kind of 8 years uh, 6 to 8 years the role of vulture funds and investor funds buying up rental property. And you make that distinction between landlords, small landlords who are there, and then this this rise of the large corporate investors who are um, purchasing property and, and as an investment, a long-term investment, increasing rents. Um, and this isn't just a problem in Ireland, this financialization of housing, isn't it? No, absolutely. Um, I mean, it's still quite. I, I'm. I. I know that I tried to find a, a lot of literature on that, and and in some countries, it's still a very not well-known issue. And yeah. I. I think it, it's still something to be researched in a lot of contexts. But um, I mean, in Spain, for instance, you have a lot of. Um, like the the past decade has been completely um, clear about how finance and financialization of housing uh, has been impacting um, mainly the, the big cities' uh, housing markets, but still, um, and how it impacted on the on the housing situation uh, of of people who were just unable to continue paying their rent. Um, and you, what is very interesting also to see is the mobilization of uh, um, local and grassroots uh, initiatives. And yeah. in Spain, you have the PAS, so the platform platform for uh, people who has been uh, evicted, uh, um, uh, in, and they are very powerful, and they raise the, their voice, and they have concrete uh, actions. Um, to 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 raise the voice against uh, this uh, financialization and to put 
just housing as a right, not as a financial asset, not as a reward, because we also have this culture in some countries where homelessness has been, sector has been uh, fed by this uh, staircase model where you have to just show that you will, uh, uh, if you want to have a, ha- a house, like a dignified house, you have to go through all these steps of inclusion and yeah. Um, and and no, like housing is a right. If we want to have uh, all the other fundamental rights, access to health, access to employment, access to education for children, etc., um, without a proper housing, it can't work basically. So um, yeah, it's really something we try every in 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 all our advocacy um, process to 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 put forward. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I'll come on to that just before we finish. I'm conscious of the time as well. Um, I know you're very busy t- uh, today. The the other aspect of financialization and kind of commodification mm-hmm. is something which I didn't see much mention in the report. And I was just wondering, is mm-hmm. it a factor? Is the whole conversion of rental housing into short-term lets, the tourist, yeah. the touristification, the, the Airbnb? Because we know like the CEO of Airbnb talks about he doesn't. They don't just want to, you know, use accommodation as tourist accommodation. They want, as he said, you know, why would you need a landlord and or why would you need a a tenancy agreement with a landlord? You know, you could this model of you know maybe short stay for a week or two, and really, it's almost this you know dystopia of insecure living is kind of their model of of mm-hmm. where they want mm-hmm. to bring housing. And um, and in Ireland, we we see that you know that whole touristification, the short-term Airbnb is causing and contributing to the lack of housing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, This is definitely a common trend in European countries. I know, for instance, in the Netherlands, it even went into the law, this like, um, they changed the way uh, tenants could be protected in the law, in the rental law in the past uh, years. Um, I think it was in 2013. Yeah. And uh, bef- and now it's just e- like easier to have those short term. And in France too, you have uh, new legislation that helps out to have uh, easier access to those short term rentals. Um, and we saw uh, even I think it was in England uh, uh, that uh, the court of audits uh, showed the impact on, of that on uh, evictions and homelessness in the end, uh, yeah. and that short-term let- lettings, the end of a short-term letting uh, was the first cause of homelessness at some point after the financial crisis. So it's really telling on the, the it is a huge factor uh, on the market. Um, and uh, and on the Airbnb point, I think, I mean, of course, in a lot of, especially uh, touristic destinations, so for instance, in Spain, Barcelona, etc., we saw yeah. change in the market where more than 30% of the uh, private market became as, uh, like short-term lettings for Airbnb. In Madrid, for instance, we had this uh, uh, this uh, this data. And uh, and it's it's basically completely... Uh, telling the situation. I mean, today we can have, like we put homeless people in hotels and put tourists in private housing. So where is <laughs> like the, you know, it's like yeah. just completely it illogical. Tells, yeah, illogical. So this yeah. is where we also have, of course, we have collectively to 
to to to to think about these uh, th- these questions too. Yeah, absolutely, and think about housing. Just to finish the just to finish on a finish point, Finland, of course, is um one of the countries which has dramatically reduced homelessness. Is it still doing well? Is it still the best example of what we should be doing around ending homelessness? Yeah, it's it's quite funny because I, I'm laughing because we now it's been a long time that we um, uh, promote Finland as the good yeah. uh, uh, student in Europe uh, and uh, and they they are still doing well. They are, they are still decreasing the number of homeless people and they are now they have also more. Um, they they invest in prevention because they had this possibility of. Uh, having less people in uh, emergency accommodation, uh, so they they invest in in preventive uh, uh, policies, which is really interesting. But they still also have their uh, their challenges, uh, um, and they never give up. I mean, it's always interesting to speak to Finnish colleagues who very concrete concretely say, "Well, we we will we we will not win until." Um, we, the fight continues. It's not something that is uh, granted. Uh, we always have to to find new ways of working, etc. Uh, but they are still, yeah, they are still on the on the front line of uh, of good students. But then for the this report, we also tried to have uh, an overview of good practices on the um, prevention of evictions front, and yeah. we found very interesting stuff in different countries. Uh, uh, including uh, in uh, Scotland, for instance, uh, uh, we we tried to keep uh, Scotland and the UK uh, in our analysis um, this year because uh, interesting stuff are are, are uh, implemented there, um, and in different municipalities all over Europe and by organisations uh, in Ireland, uh, lots of uh, uh, homeless organisations are doing amazing job uh, uh, on the on the front line. So yeah. Um, Absolutely. Well, listen, mm-hmm. I, I think, again, just to finish, you know, you mentioned earlier housing is a human right and it absolutely is. And I think, you know, it's something we're trying to progress here um, and campaign for to have a referendum to put it in our constitution um, and try and mm-hmm. get policies to, Great. you know, that would implement that. Um, how important do you think, just last question, do you think that people that we get that understanding in policy and law and governments to commit that housing is a human right? Yeah, I think it's it's so um, it's really the basis for me because it's it's just um, as long as you put something as the as a right, it's in the law. So you just can't say afterwards that um, uh, some people, uh, some groups uh, can't access it. You you know, like it's a fundamental and universal right. So I think it's. It's really a, a, a very important basis for all the discussions and where the, for instance, um, the right to housing exists in France. It's not implemented uh, uh, completely, but it's a very good basis um, for people to even to, to understand their own, um, they, they can claim this right to yeah. the court. And it's, it's so important uh, um, as as a citizen and and as a right holder, basically. 
Yeah. Well, listen, Chloe, thanks so much. It was it's a fantastic report and I'd really um, recommend you. people to read it. They can they can read it on the Fianza website, can they? Absolutely. Yeah. Fianza website and also our partner, French uh, Foundation, uh, Fondation Abbé Pierre. They have a website, too. Um, so it's on both websites. But Fianza um, is, yeah, you can go there and uh, upload the report and exchange views on different social networks if you want, of course. Great, great. Well, listen, thanks so much for joining me today on Reboot Republic and uh, best of luck with all the work and we'll be keeping in touch with Fianza and all the, the work you're doing. Thank you, Rory. Thank you for the invitation. And um, really interesting report. I would definitely recommend you having a read of it. It's got some fascinating information, even beyond um, homelessness and, and as we talked about issues around rent arrears showing Ireland has actually the second highest level of rent and mortgage arrears in the EU and of course the interesting thing about that of course is mortgage um, arrears have declined in Ireland in recent years so that has to be rent arrears and people in the private rental market will know that all too well the, the issue of rising rents and um, so thank you so much to Chloe there um, as I said really interesting work from Fianza and thank you to our listeners for continuing to support Reboot Republic as we always ask if you can share this around on social media let people know you're listening and um, we really appreciate that it does get more people listening as well um, and as we said this is really important um, stuff that people do understand and it is a form of education um, not just a, a podcast we are a movement as well and so please support us and thank you to our patrons those who sign up and support us each month we completely rely on you to cover the cost of production um, so if you can go over to patreon.com forward slash tortoise and sign up for whatever you can each month help us out help to keep the show on the road thank you so much everyone and we will talk to you all very soon 